The swap without a still is just a tent. A martini without olives doesn't quite make it. And Mash Minute is intended for mature audiences. Put on your headphones. Listen for the tone of your favorite podcast. Mash Minute. Well, it's a minute by minute detailed analysis. Of the movie without which the series wouldn't exist. Megan and Toonie, and guest will make three. Goddamn Army, MASH Minute. Welcome back to another episode of MASH Minute, where we analyze the 1970 Robert Altman film one minute at a time. I'm Megan Coleman. I'm Tierney Steele. And I am Jarf. Hi, Jarf. Thanks for coming back. Glad we didn't scare you away. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for another day of MASH Minute. This is a much more relaxing day of MASH Minute, I promise. This is Minute 52, which starts with Hawkeye suturing an artery while an announcement comes over the PA. And it ends with Mulcahy awkwardly trying to tell Hawkeye something, but in the middle, it's a party! Party! It's a party, and you know what that means? We get Lieutenant Dish again. She's back! One thing that really bothered me before we get to go to a party, I'm sorry, I'll oh, get sure. out of this OR as quickly as possible, is that the announcement is about the American Medical Association declaring marijuana a dangerous drug. And that should be able to be used to date this movie, but I can't find it. Yeah, I didn't have much luck either. But oh my goodness. I feel like this is one of those, it's Korea slash Vietnam slash Korea slash Vietnam moments. Because what didn't, um, if I remember correctly, didn't like drug use kind of go crazy during Vietnam among the military and might have marijuana, I think was like the second ab- most abused drug after alcohol. Oh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. <laughs> I was like, well, because Vietnam was a, sorry, show so you know it's okay i have a bleep ready for oh good oh good that vietnam (laughs) was indeed Uh, um, Uh, so for them to put that announcement in just sort of i was laughing really hard (laughs) maybe i shouldn't have but i was just like altman "Ah, is uh, a big proponent of the marijuana the mary jane (laughs) (laughs) yes that American Gangster is the movie I was looking for. Good God, if you have not watched American (gasps) Gangster. I love that movie. (laughs) Watch it. It's a Denzel Washington, Russell Crowe movie. It's It's pretty good. good. It's real good. Anyway. Also, that was on a lot when, when I went to grad school and lived in the dorm. We had HBO. It turned out after the fact that we were not supposed to have had HBO that whole time, but they can't take it away in the past. So (laughs) I watched, uh, yeah, it's weird. Dream Girls, American Gangster, something else with Russell Crowe. Because I feel like every time I had, oh, I think maybe just I owned the DVD Gladiator. But like every time I had a term (laughs) paper to write overnight, it was like all Russell Crowe keeping me company. But anyway... It says that it has been declared a dangerous drug, even though many physicians believed it was no more harmful than alcohol. So this is an argument that happens a lot of, why don't we just treat marijuana like we treat alcohol? And the problem with trying to research when the AMA said this is that almost every website that's pulled up has a political agenda, which is 
fine, but, like, I'm just trying to date something. Yeah, I mean, the earliest thing I could find was from, like, I think it was, like, U.S. News and Report from, like, 2013, when they once again said no to marijuana. (laughs) Um, And they mentioned something about, like, an endorsement from 1977, but I was like, that's the closest I could get. But that's after Vietnam, so... Yeah, so that doesn't like make we, any that sense. That didn't help either. Let me ask a different question. Sure. But related. So Robert Altman liked to smoke his weed. So he's putting this announcement in as a joke, essentially. So do you think the joke lands? I think there are other announcements that land better as jokes. Well, depending, I think, on your viewpoint, too, of the whole, you know, is marijuana a drug or not a drug? It might land or not land. Yeah. It might be like, well, that's a weird announcement. Like, duh, everyone knows that already. Or like, ugh, the establishment. <laughs> yeah, it is a weird announcement. It reminds me of the finale of the show when they're reading the news over the PA. Because this isn't... This wouldn't have probably been news breaking. I mean, well, you know. here's the problem. Most of the announcements are directives. So-and-so report to this. You know, this many books have been donated from these people. This is just informational. So it doesn't really fit with the others. Yeah, and I know I can't recall an announcement up to this point where, like, it refers to a specific person saying the, like, you know, because doesn't it say Colonel Blake, this announcement is from Colonel Blake, and then it's like the American blah, blah, blah. Oh, does it? I didn't yeah. catch that. I had that in my notes, like, why is Blake even saying this? Or maybe it started at the end of, you know, the last minute. This yeah. was at the end of the la- very end of the last minute, because, you know, this announcement kind of gets attention, cut up attention. between the two. Uh, oh, a message from Colonel message Blake's from Colonel office. office. Okay, so it's from his office, so it's not necessarily from Blake, but we can assume it is. As much as Colonel Blake is with it at any one time. Right? Yeah, I, I mean, think <laughs> this is Colonel Blake's office, like, reminder. Reminder, the army wanted me to tell you this. Well, and also it, the fact that the army would always want to tell him that, but the fact that, hey, the AMA said this, and you actually sometimes listen to, you actually listen to them. <laughs> Not us. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I know you're not going to listen to the army telling you not to smoke marijuana, but if the American Medical Association is against it too, just saying. Baby, just say, yeah, right. I would like to point out that a lot of physicians before then, during Korea, during Vietnam, now continue to argue that it isn't any more dangerous than alcohol. Some always have argued that it is. It just depends. Every person has an opinion. Some are better informed than others, but doctors are people. They have opinions. One thing that I found really interested because I was looking at like historical American Medical Association announcements about this is that a lot, they actually spoke up. The word used was protested, but I don't think they were like carrying signs. I think they just said, hey, wait a second. Um, Because in the 1930s, it wasn't nationwide, but so many states banned it after Reefer Madness came out that the American Medical Association actually like spoke up, did something to say, hey, we're doing medical research over here. Can you back up off us? I just thought that was interesting, kind of the reversal. The only thing I could find that from the AMA that had a date was actually proposing the opposite in this message. I don't think it lands as a joke so much, but it's a perfectly fine transition. Because you gotta, you gotta have some announcement to get us out of this operation. No, you do. And I don't, I didn't have a lot of luck finding out a lot about marijuana use during Korea either. I mean, clearly people probably were using it. I'm not gonna be that like, <gasps> what? But, you know. <laughs> 
Yeah, I... Mm. The, I mean, I do recall... What was it? There was a book I read about Prisoner of Wars years ago, so take this with a grain of salt, kids. But I seem to recall that the Chinese, when they took prisoners, some of those POWs used marijuana. Like, they could have marijuana. And if, you know, it was... It, what was it? Be like 40 to below sometimes in parts of China and Korea. Like, maybe you did want to be stoned out of your mind just so you didn't have to think how cold it was and that you're a prisoner of war. Right? I love that this is what stuck in your mind. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, the only thing I could think of is that, okay, so I, full disclosure, um, I have never gotten high because I've been around secondhand pot smoke and I've broken out into hives and I can't breathe. So pot and me aren't friends, but I hear you can get the munchies. Yeah, if you've ever walked with Megan across the Boston <laughs> Commons shortly after they legalized marijuana, it's not a good time. <laughs> it's not a good time, but I hear you get the munchies. So that's the only downside I could think of being a prisoner of war and having all the marijuana you could want. Is oh God, that'd be terrible. If you got the munchies and the food situation's not so stable no. right i know there's geneva conventions but like pfft, like they always they get followed right oh that's so true well there are some people munching in this party in happening in the swamp a little bit mostly little bit people better. are drinking but i bet they're there mostly are drinking snacks as well snacks we see I like snacks before he comes in, we see that Mulcahy's hobbit hat is back, which I just love. Yay! Floppy. It looks just like the one in the Hobbit movies. Come on, there wasn't that much good in those movies, so let us have the fun things. It's just, oh, yeah. Oh, and then he comes in, and then we see it's party time with Lieutenant Dish, and... I was wondering, so are they... <laughs> yeah, because this, this is an interesting exchange, too, right? Like... This is uh, this is two actors who were told to be busy and now don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to look at it from like a story in universe perspective, rather. I should okay. say. Okay. So this okay. is not Joanne and Elliot being like, "Oh, sorry, yeah." Do we say here? Like, all right, let me see this thing. Ha Cool. Why is the camera still on us? Oh, God. Oh, yeah, we're here. (laughs) Are Dish and Trapper just friends? Flirting? Right. See, that's the other thing I couldn't decide. So, because, yeah, like, we zoom out and... Hang on, just a sec. I'm sorry. Jarf, you can't hear us at all? You missed so much on pot. (laughs) So much on pot. And a book recommend... Oh, yeah, I remember what book it was now. Remembered Prisoners of a Forgotten War by Lewis Carlson. But get it, because no one ever talks about Korea. It was only a couple minutes. I'll just I'll just hop back in like nothing happened. Cool. I love it. I was asking a very <laughs> important question. So in the foreground of this party, we see Dish and Trapper, and she is like trying out his stethoscope. That's not a euphemism. That's what's really happening. Yeah, she really has a stethoscope. So <laughs> stethoscope. It is obvious to me that Hawkeye's supposed to be talking to someone else. Duke is about to have a line. He knows what he's doing. (laughs) Mulcahy knows what he's doing. Clearly, Joanne and Elliot were just told to sit in the foreground of this party and be at a party. And so they are just making things up. But if we try to put ourselves in universe, if we imagine we are in the swamp, how are we reading this interaction? Is this, is this dish flirting with Trapper? It seems too professional. Like, they still seem very... Why? Because they're playing doctor? (laughs) Maybe that's what's throwing me off. (laughs) I mean, she's smiling. 
She seems yeah. kind of not like repulsed by this whole interaction. Well, and it's which is a plus for one doctor. She's leaning closer, listening to his heartbeat. I mean, Ooh. it's not it's not not a move. <laughs> I read it as as flirting, like, excuse for contacts, eye contacts, uh, smiling. They both look like they were having fun. I mean, I don't. And disagree. he's like the new guy there at this point, right? And a big hot shot to boot yeah he's a big hot shot but we've also established that dish and hawkeye are an item remember when bulkay interrupted them to or uh hojan interrupted them because trapper arrived right 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 but she's she's also got a man back home so she's allowed to these are all parties. just <laughs> yeah home is seven thousand miles away it's a different it's it's yeah it's different zip code right i mean <laughs> oh a different zip big. code is your standard <laughs> I don't know. Clearly, I think as we established in an earlier episode, I would not be good at having an affair. Okay? (laughs) Megan, that is the most someone who met the person they married when they were 12 statement I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Did you really meet the person you married when you were 12? Aw. 13? I was 13, I think. But close enough. (laughs) Middle school dance. But to be fair. Middle school dance. No, no. Middle school pool party. Get it right, Tierney. It's oh. even, it makes even worse. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, but we didn't start dating till like, right around prom. I see near year of high school, so. But he did think I was cute and did think he'd want to marry me. So there is that, but. Aww. And I thought he was this weird, tall, lanky, geeky guy. Ooh. But, uh, you know, I digress. To be fair. There are only so many types of guys when you're 13, and that's one of them. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's an awkward stage, so a lot of lankiness happens. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not saying, I mean, I was clearly awkward, too. <laughs> when you're 13, 14, you think you're, you know, all that in a bag of chips, right? So it's never you, right? It's always somebody else. I did, I did not, but so I also was drama. not going to pool parties. So. <laughs> I want to... I would be happy to go. This is more my scene. Everyone just just hanging out, shooting the sh- <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, I tried to change that so I wouldn't have to bleep myself, but that's the phrase and it's not my fault. So. I want to, before we move on, give <laughs> Megan a shout out for the absolute bravery of bringing back the expression, all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> I use it all the time. So, you know. Yeah, it never left for us. <laughs> it never left. I still use totes. I don't think anyone really uses totes anymore. <laughs> I actually, to be fair, I forgot about it, and then I saw it on an episode of uh, Death in Paradise, and I was like, yeah, totes. I totes remember that. And it's been like, <laughs> when I was on maternity leave, and it's never left either. <laughs> like, yeah, who uses totes? I know, right? Totes! <laughs> Some important cultural touchstones must be preserved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like mash, yeah, but and not like the totes. nickname, but not Dagoretto. Yeah, that that nickname can. I mean, he's playing it off pretty normal. Like he's just standing there. He doesn't look blotto, but I mean, you gotta be pretty drunk to whip that out, right? <laughs> yes. And I am a nicknamer, so I. That's why I think I picked up on it that he doesn't just say Dagoretto, which is Mulcahy's established nickname. He embellishes it, which is. Which is what you do. Can we go back to Lieutenant Dish? Everyone wants to. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a fun fact about Joanne Flug. A Flug fact, if you will. <laughs> How long have you been sitting on that one? 
pretty much since we started planning me being a guest on the podcast, but okay. <laughs> so my fluke fact, maybe you've already talked about this before, but her credit immediately prior to MASH is as the voice of Invisible Girl on the Fantastic Four cartoon, 1967. Not a great role, <laughs> not a great cartoon. It's a lot of her saying, you just wait till Johnny and my husband get back here and being captured and whatnot. But she did it. <laughs> so for all those Marvel, fellow Marvel fans out there, that's that's your crossover with MASH. Woohoo! I'll take it. Are we in the MCU now? Yes, we're a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Thanks to Lieutenant Dish. I knew I liked her. i love it i love it megan do you want me to wait until the final piece of the puzzle is in place to reveal lieutenant dish's actual name because it's maybe i'll hold on to that but it's it's i got very excited that i was like i found her name because i think when you are a kid watching the tv show you assume that in the pilot lieutenant dish is someone named you know her name is ann dish right Like, in the TV show, they never make a point of it being a joke. But in the movie, it is. But since it's how we're introduced to her, I just assume she didn't have a name. So I got real excited when it turned out she did. (laughs) There are more flug flacks to come. (laughs) (laughs) Almost became a full person with a name and everything. The saddest commentary on patriarchal society in the 20th century Western civilization. Good time. Smash the demon lizard patriarchy. Everyone who isn't listening to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, please don't stop listening to my podcast, but just add that one as well. Add that one on. Tierney, you actually introduced me to it, and and I do love it. (gasps) Yay! Oh, I'm so glad it's spreading. (laughs) I just love, I just love Kristen and Jenny. They're both so cool. I wonder where they would be at this party. Everyone's just hanging out in the swamp. This is crazy. It looks like most people... It must have been that Trapper and Duke were on shift, I'm guessing. Oh, you see Duke for a moment. Yeah, because he's in Scrubs and so is Trapper. But everyone else is just hanging out in their civvies. This is a non sequitur, but since we do see Duke for a moment, I know this has been discussed before, but I just have to vent that it is so, so weird to see Tom Scare with no mustache. <laughs> I think the first time I watched this movie, I didn't even realize it was Tom Skerritt, actually, because he didn't have the mustache. (laughs) I'm sure I didn't. He is so young in this movie. He's so young. He's a baby. (laughs) I think that this proves that MASH 1970 was actually made in an alternate universe, because we live in the (laughs) universe where Tom Skerritt always had a mustache. Oh, I, I like both. I'm not I'm not saying, you know. It's not that one is right and one is wrong. It's just it's different <laughs> timelines. Like the Bernstein Bears, Bernstein Bears situation. I don't wait, understand people say that, that cultural two different phenomenon. Things? I wait, people say it two different ways? Oh, Megan, I'm so sorry. Now you're gonna have to know this too. <laughs> I thought Go it was Bernstein. Jar. I thought it was Bernstein Bears. So Uh-oh. I'm referring Are you to the... my childhood jar. I just need to know. <laughs> that's that. That's what I do. I, I'm one of those social justice warriors that is ruining everyone's childhood. 
Oh, okay. Yes. Sorry. So I'm referring to the Mandela effect where there is a commonly held misbelief about some kind of cultural fact. And it's named after Nelson Mandela, where when he died, many people were surprised and were completely convinced that he had died in prison long ago. And Really, it's just they were conflating the fact that he was famously held in prison for his political beliefs, and then he later died. But it's a function of memory that, because of the weird way the brain works, memory isn't actually you pulling out a tape of something that happened and playing it. The brain comes up with the memory ad hoc from impressions that you form. So it's possible to have something that you just imagined happened, but you believe so strongly that it really did. I I can picture the day that I saw on the news back in the 80s that Nelson Mandela died in jail. No, it just didn't happen. You just thought that and now you made up the memory. So how does this relate to the Bernstein Bears? So a lot of people believe that it used to be spelled a different way. And I'm sorry, I don't remember which is the prior to our universe going on a different track way and which is the current way. I think it's spelled E-I-N and people think it was A-I-N or it might be vice versa. Uh, but there are passionate posts on social media of people saying, I can picture it. I know it. I can see it. I saw it at the doctor's office. It used to be Berenstain Bears. It must have been changed at some point. So that's the Mandela effect. And that is also apparently the Tom Skerritt mustache effect. So Jarf just explained the Mandela effect, an interesting social psychological phenomenon in which some people are wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And some people are right. (laughs) (laughs) And for some reason, people argue about things on the internet that don't need to be argued about because some Twitter. things Twitter are Twitter would not fact. exist if people didn't do that. Come on, girl. <laughs> some things aren't subjective. <laughs> also, my brain doesn't work that way. So, I mean, my brain works that way because everyone's brains works that way, as you were saying with the memory formation. I just, I am a very dis- discreet brained person. Someone in explained it to me at one point when I was like trying to explain that I was never going to be good at algebra no matter how many algebra classes they made me take. My brain just just teach me a formula. Don't tell me there are three different ways to do it. Just teach me the way. No, that's like being physics. Ugh, can't do it. My brain just is not no. grasped any of that. No. But stoichiometry, the greatest math ever, it's in chemistry. They give you two different chemical equations and you have to add them together to make a third. Guys, They give you the answer. They give you the answer. All you have to do is add those two. And the only rule is whatever you do on one side, you have to do on the other side so that it balances out. But you know if you got it right or not. Vaguely familiar. Vaguely. Perfect. They tell you the answer. I thought it was the greatest thing ever. (laughs) It also involves symmetry, which I am sure you appreciated. (laughs) So anyway, that was so you're so you're saying you base your opinions based on concrete facts. I appreciate that. If you'll both check your phones, you'll find that I texted you each a baby picture of Tom Skerritt with his mustache. So I'm just saying what he was born that way. What? Beautiful. So alternate Tom Skerritt. 
aka Duke, aka Tierney's boyfriend, (laughs) (laughs) offers Mulcahy a drink. He is rebuffed. I love that this implies that Mulcahy comes to these parties all the time, just in time for a cocktail. And Mulcahy asks Hawkeye to talk to him outside. And has any good conversation ever followed that? No. No. It's always a bad one. It's always it's always suspect when someone's like, no, I, I have to do it outside. Or we have to leave yeah. the room. You're like, yeah. but um, what? Yeah, no good's going to come of this. And Hawkeye's really trying to keep things lighthearted. And the dog is back. Pup, pup. I could not find any information for pup, pup. Not a name, not a credit, not anything. But I did find something mash and dog related in my attempt to find information about Pup Pup. Tell me immediately. My heart is beating so fast at the idea of mash dogs. Oh, oh, you you want mash dogs? Then I strongly encourage you to Google Mush. Oh, yeah. The mangy, <laughs> unwanted, shabby heroes. The cartoon spoof of mash. I'll just get a dog and name it Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> Pup Pup is back. I think there are two dogs. I think there's Pup Pup and then there's this, a bigger dog. That runs by the showers at one point. But Hawkeye is very busy giving some puppy cuddles. Kind of off screen? Out of view? I don't know. Yeah, he's there, but he's not super visible. But Mulcahy has something to tell him about Captain Waldowski. A Polish Catholic, apparently. This was the youngest I've ever seen this actor, René Aubergenois. And that was a real treat because... I'm a big fan of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, where, of course, he was Odo. And then currently, he is on a show that I love, Madam Secretary, as a journalist, Walter Nowak. So 90s and then today, but I've never seen, you know, little baby, fresh-faced René Abergenois. What what journalist is he on Madam Secretary? He's been on maybe... Half a dozen. Oh, do you watch that show? I oh if you my didn't God, watch I it, I love that show. I knew you would love it. Yeah, if you hadn't seen it, I was going to recommend it to you as I as love a history that fan. Show, yeah. and but... it's also just it's a nice little fantasy world to live in of a functioning State Department. So you know that's really something. Not to get us too heavy for a moment. Uh, yeah, but, uh, it's but mash. Yeah, it's everybody okay. check out <laughs> Madam Secretary. I did not recognize. Oh my god, yes! Right, right? I didn't even realize... Oh, yeah! That. But now I, mean, I, I see a picture show, of him with his glasses like on him. next to his IMDb picture. Yeah, that's totally... Oh my gosh! Oh, Charf, you've made my day. Hey, I'm happy to do it. I don't think I'm going to be able to top that. I think we did it. I think we did it. And I also want to wait because I'm going to get a little disappointed in our guy. We, we were just saying how much we like him. But um, tomorrow he's going to... Well, he's already made some questionable choices just by coming and bringing Hawkeye out here. But as you can see from his awkward stance, it's not going to get better. On that uplifting note... <laughs> If wait, wait, you... I just thought of something. I just saw something. Okay, oh, okay, okay, okay. Totally random, but mustaches, right? And how we keep bringing up that Tom Skerritt doesn't have a mustache and how that's weird. Tom Skerritt, Elliot Gould, who has the better mustache? Could you have two men with that, you know, because they're known for their mustaches, I feel like. They have very strong facial hair 
But I feel like, oh, that's true. I still haven't watched The Long Goodbye or any of those that we keep saying we're going to watch at some oh, point and yeah. life gets in the way. I think because I'm used to picturing Elliot Gould older, I don't oh. always think of him with his mustache. That's probably true. I mean, I picture him with a mustache as Trapper John and a fabulous mustache it is. But Could the swamp have handled two? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Couldn't handle two. Or maybe Davy Tom was just too young, too, that his mustache hadn't come fully into its own yet. <laughs> he would have had one of those nasty dirt mustaches. Like, yeah. I love my Aww. husband in bits and pieces, but he cannot grow a beard. It is way too patchy. And there are whole spots where, like, there is no facial hair, I swear to God. So, like, maybe, <laughs> maybe Tom had it. Just Aww. a random thought I had that I had to share. No, I like it because it's funny. If you look at Elliot Gould's IMDb images page, he hardly ever has a mustache. I mean, he does in some, but hardly ever. And then if you look at Tom Skerritt's IMDb image page, he doesn't always have a mustache, but almost always. So they kind of are. They're they're like little little mirror images. Maybe they've decided that they both can't have a mustache at the same time. They have a mustache pack. Oh, I like that. I, like I that would a love lot. it if they like call each other up, be like, hey, I'm thinking for November, I'm gonna do that. No, no, it's no. my turn. <laughs> they've got a they've got a Google mustache calendar. <gasps> oh, that's even better. <laughs> we did it. We saved it. Now I am laughing and smiling and ready to find out what the problem is with the paidless poll. We're going to have to find that out tomorrow. I should try that again without yawning, but whatevs. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, I will talk to you tomorrow about minute 53. Bye.